Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Goldmine Magazine podcast. This is Patrick Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine and goldminemag.com. And welcome back. We're going to have Susie Quattro as our guest. And many will remember Susie with her great rock albums in the 70s. Well, she's still rocking out there and she has a new album out called No Control on SPV. And it'll be out March 29th. And her son contributes to the album. And Susie explains that that helped make it an even more rocking album. And I have to agree, it's one of her best in a while. Trust me on that. It's very good. So we'll talk to Susie right after this message. And we'll call in her internationally. She lives in England. There might be a little bit of an echo, and we apologize for that. But we'll talk to her right after this message from CygnusRadio.com. Hey, I'm Ronald Webb, and this is Patrick Prince. And together we host the Goldmine Radio Hour, the show that features the latest issue of Goldmine, the music collector's magazine. Tune in Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on CygnusRadio.com. Hello, Susie? Yeah, speaking. How are you? It's Pat Prince from Goldmine. Hi, how are you doing? How are you? I'm calling out the... It's just nice to hear a familiar accent. (laughs) I've lived in England since 1971, but I hang on to my Detroit with everything in me. (laughs) I didn't realize you were still living there. Yeah, I've been here for a long time. You know, I came here for my career and everything took off from here. I I ended up being based here, although I go back and forth all the time. I'm based here. My kids were born here, you know. So you still go back to Detroit now and then? Yes, oh yeah, I had my 60th birthday party there, and I had my 65th birthday party there, and um, I also did uh, three specials from Detroit for my BBC Radio 2 show, and, and I go to Florida every year, and I go to California, and I go to Colorado, and yes, I get back. So I gotta say, Susie, you still got it, this new album, No Control, sounds great. It's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yes, it is, right I'm off just, the bat. I, I'm what? just so excited because it it was an accident. This album, yeah, right. it, it wasn't planned. It just it just happened. Was that because it was with your son? You didn't you you really? I, I, I I've always recorded through the years. I've never stopped. I had a back to the drive in 2006. I had in the spotlight with Mike Chapman in 2011. The latest one was um, Quattro Scott and Powell with myself. Andy Scott, the original guitar player from Sweet, and Don Powell, the original drummer from Slade. We got into the Australian charts. We we were my support act in Australia, which is hilarious. I supported myself. Um, 
And then my son came to me and he's, you know, he's a big fan and he's a good guitar player. And he just said to me, I just want to write some songs with you. I said, okay, sure. I, I write with loads of people. You know, I love writing songs. And he came up with this uh, riff for Don't, uh, Don't Do Me Wrong. Mm. And, and I was in the middle of doing some tracks with KT Tunstall. We wrote three songs together. So I was oh, in the good. Yeah. So and, and they're great songs, too. I love writing anyway. So we went in and we were doing this this track and it came up so good. I said, you know, what, Richard, there's something here. This is good. I can work with what you're doing. So we started to then write the album and we didn't have any direction in mind. We just tried to keep it. Our main focus was keeping it organic from the heart and the essence of Susie. But today. Isn't that amazing how sometimes when stuff is um, not planned, spontaneous, it comes out better than other other yeah, recordings? Yeah, no, you're right, because it's real. You know, yeah. when you're not planning it, when you're not overthinking it, what you're just doing is feeling it. Yeah, and not only and that. Feeling, yeah, it's, it's so important, just the feeling, you know? Yeah. Well, no soul hits you right off the bat. I mean, that, that just, as soon as I put it on, I was like, okay, this is going to be a good album. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, that particular song, it's kind of, it's my personal mantra. I've said it my whole life. I've said it and I've been like that my whole life. Nobody, nobody's going to control me. You're not going to take my soul. You're not going to take control. I have my heart. I have my mind. This time I don't let go. We've all been there. We've all been there where you may be in a relationship, you fall into it, you lose yourself. Everybody's been there and you have to go there once so that you know never to go there again. And it's also there in my life. I've always held on to me. I held on to me. I don't want to give that to anybody. Me is me. You know, you've been like that since the beginning, though. I, I remember hearing stories about when you first went to England and teamed up with Mickey Most, the producer. And you said to him, you didn't want him turning you into like a Lulu or. No. Yeah. I, I said it immediately. I mean, it, the, the funny part is, the funny story is um, I was in the outdoor bands, you know, and uh, wait, waiting for somebody to tap me on the shoulder because I always had that feeling that this was going to happen. And uh, I had an offer. A band, Electra, came to see the band. It was Cradle by this point. And they offered me a solo contract. And I was. For two years, I was just playing bass and only singing a little bit, as opposed to before, in the Pleasure Seekers, I was the front person all the time. Right. Then my, then my little sister came in, and I stepped back, which was when I got really good on bass, so it had a good effect. Anyway, Electra saw that second wave of the band, and they offered me, only doing two songs in the night, a solo contract. And Mickey Most came over that same exact week. He saw the band. And he also offered me a solo contract. Now, this is the strange thing. The, the American guy said, I want to take you to New York and form a band around you and make you into the next Janis Joplin. Mickey Moe said to me, I'm going to take you to England, form a band around you, and make you into the first Susie Quattro. So guess where I went? <laughs> You're, and isn't that the truth? You know, yeah, so, yeah. so he saw me. I wasn't Jan I'm not Janis Joplin. I'm actually nothing like Janis Joplin. Right. I love her, but I'm not like her. Right. I'm a female rock and roll musician. That's what I am. And if you try to be like someone else, you're just going to fall into that. You, you'll never get out of that. It, it sort no. of feels like a pit that you never, fall into. Never, never. And, and my, my, my personal mantra has always been, and there were times when it was tested, 
Um, because when I came to England in 71, it was 18 months before I had a hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that can seem like a long time. We're in your little hotel room and all your family's back in Detroit and you haven't got any money, you know, so that can seem a long time. And there were, there were black moments when I would think, oh my God almighty, goes yeah. along with what you were saying. I think, Jesus Christ, Susie, what are you trying to do here? Maybe you should be a bit more like that girl singer or that girl singer or that, but I wasn't just a singer, I was a musician. And at the end of the day, when I was having these conversations with myself in my room, I came to the same conclusion every time. I'm staying exactly me. If I can't make it as who I am, then I'm not going to make it at all. So thank God I was like that. Because, you know, being the first female rock musician to have success, that's how it's written in the history books. There was nobody else before me that I could use as a blueprint, as a female musician that just didn't exist. So thank God I did that. Because it opened the doors. Yay! Now I'm trying I didn't to think, even, but now, I didn't even know they were closed. That's the funny <laughs> Think back to, I mean, were you questioning whether you should have moved to England when you had those down periods? No, 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 no. Never questioning if I should move to England. In fact, I knew that was the right move. And I, I made myself a promise. I said, I'm not going back to the States without a hit record. And I didn't. I think England was the place it was happening. The well, States... Jimi, Jimi Hendrix did it that way, and that's pretty good Pretty good yeah. for me. <laughs> you know, America's so big compared to England, you know, as far as geography, that it's really hard to make it there, unless you're in... Well, yeah, you, you can get a little bit lost in the system, I yes. guess. But, uh, but it's okay, I made my name, I came back, you know, I did my happy days, I had my stumbling in, which was a million, million seller there, and, you know, I've made my name all over the world, which of I'm course. glad about, um, and, and I did it the way I did it, I came here, and then went back, so what, big deal. The only the only part, I you know, I never heard the Pleasure Seekers, um, I gotta go try to find some online, how, how do you describe their sound? Oh, jeez, um, well, we were a young kid band, I was only 14. And uh, we did, I guess it was, we did a lot of covers, you know, whatever was in the charts. I guess we had kind of a 60s sound back then. Um, I did a lot of soul singing. I loved Otis Redding. Uh, we did Motown music because we're all from Detroit. It was, that, it was that kind of thing. And then we just developed into, that band became more of a show band than anything else. Because gotcha. we were working a lot of clubs. Then we turned into Cradle which became more serious, writing our own material, and more jamming. It was late 60s, you know? So, uh, and and I always say, thank goodness that I had that two years in Cradle, where I stepped a little bit back out of the spotlight and only did a few songs a night, mainly played bass, because when I got to England, and the Susie Quattro front person from the Pleasure Seekers married up with the Susie Quattro bass player from the Cradle, mm. It was it was magic together. I had the best of both worlds. So I became the rock and roll entertainer, if you like, rock and roll musician entertainer. It all it all married up. That was good learning for me. Those nine years were good learning for me. I still love how you wear the the black leather jacket almost as a, a symbol for rock and roll. I love it. <laughs> well, you know what? Everybody's got their little bits of magic that they yeah. put on. Go on I think it's stage. very cool. And it, it, when I zip up the suit or when I put my jacket on, I become yeah. me. I become me. I go, here we go. And they say my name and out I go. There goes Susie Quattro. So you've got to have that. I, I do separate two things. I do separate my private and my public. 
Um, even my autobiography, Unzipped, was written in two people. Mm. It, it was written as little Susie from Detroit and Susie Quattro. And yes. both people have an equal say. I have to read that. Oh, it's a good book. So going back to the new album, it's very eclectic as far as, you know, rock songs. You have some songs uh, like Going Home is a little bluesy. Um, yeah. Love Isn't Fear has a bit of a Latin rock to it. It Ma- Macho Man is quite a, has that nice ZZ Top Southern riff. It's headbanging. <laughs> <laughs> and easy, yeah. easy picking sounds like it could be something you walk in and hear in a speakeasy. I love it. I, it just has so mon- many different flavors. It uh, does. And that one, that was a funny one. I, I've been playing that riff. Mm. And I, I, I'm not a good guitar player. I'm, I'm an excellent bass player, and I play good piano and good percussion. Guitar, I never went from guitar to bass, you know. I started on bass. So guitar is not a natural instrument for me. But I learned that riff, that picking riff on guitar, and I could do that for some reason. Yeah. Never did anything with it. We started to record this album, and all of a sudden it was a song. And I was picturing... On, on the porch in America on some of those backwoods places, you know, yeah, yeah. With, the guy, with the guy with the straw hat chewing on a piece of straw, washing machine on the front lawn, yeah. moonshine on his right side, and jamming. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't... Oh, that's actually a little bit of um, a nose tweak at reality shows, in case, you're, in case you're wondering. Oh, it is. Yes, it's my way of saying, what did you do to the business? Yeah, I agree. You know, um, that that's... That's re- me, me, that's reality singing where mediocrity lies. I mean, I hope I hope Simon Cowell never hears that. He'll never speak to me again. <laughs> well, I'm glad you never took part in all that. So. Yeah, you know, and I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. Right. Of course, I've watched the shows. Right. And of course, they can be entertaining. Sure, they can. But I think overall, they became too important. And for me as an artist, they put the focus on fame, instant fame and money, which to me is not why you get in the music business. I've been in it 55 years, and I tell you straight from my heart, I love it as much as I did from the first time I stepped onto a stage and every single gig is I have to prove myself again. That's my attitude. Well, I tell people, and sometimes they look at me like I'm goofy, but there's something about rock and roll that's... It's kind of like in, you're in a club, you know. You, it's not just the attitude; it, it, it's the feeling of. Um, for me, it was being an outsider, and then I finally got in a club. Um, but there's something special about rock and roll that's so hard to explain that people to people that don't know it, you know. <laughs> I know. I think. I think. I think. Once you're signed up, you actually have a lifetime membership. Yes, exactly. End of story. That's it. You got no chance of doing anything else. You know, you pay your dues, and then you're a lifetime membership. <laughs> I was going to ask you, when you started bass instead of guitar, was there an influence there? Was there a bass player? Because um, I played bass, too, and for me it was uh, Getty Lee. Um, you know, he played gay- bass, and, uh, you know, I started out as a guitar player because of Jimmy Page, but yeah, then I heard... A lot of guitar players start... A lot of bass players started on guitar. Yeah. And... Yeah, and so then you have a guitarish style, which I don't. Yes. Uh, because I'm not a very good guitar player. Like I said, I'm, I'm too heavy on the guitar. It's, it feels like a toy. Um, all the other girls in the first band, everybody quickly picked an instrument when we were talking about forming a band. Yeah. And I, I didn't speak up quick enough. I already played 
I can read and write percussion and piano. Those are my two instruments. Mm. And I was given the bass guitar. And I went, okay, okay, I don't mind. I'll. And I got my dad to give me a bass because he's a musician. Mm. And you'll, you'll, you'll hate me for this. He gave me for my first ever bass guitar. It hangs on my wall. 1957 Fender Precision, mm. gold scratch plate, striped down the back of the neck, sunburst finish with a basement amp. Are you jealous? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I always say I always say it was written in the stars that I was going to be a serious bass player. I had the hardest bass to play. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was the hardest. I just said, oh, is this my bass? Okay, and I played it. And luckily... When I put it on for the first time, strapped it on, started to fiddle with it and learn it, I, I had come home. I actually had come home. It was me. Everything about it was me. The feel of it, the look of it, wearing it low slung suited me. And because I played piano and drums, I easily could sing lead and play bass. And even though your dad worked in GM, I think, right? He he, yes. um, he was also a musician. And yes. um, I mean, you got it. How is Detroit different than it was then i mean it's got to be so different now you say you well, you go back there uh, i do i do and it was it was like a war zone downtown but now now they're actually putting a lot of money into i'm just speaking about the look of it now and yeah. it's actually becoming beautiful again because detroit was a beautiful city the attitude of course changed through the years a little bit but when i go back i do see the same I do see the same attitude. There is, I mean, they went through that down period, you know, but, and a lot of the people moved out of the inner city, but Detroit has a, uh, I've talked about this with many other famous people from Detroit. We've had this discussion. There's a, there's an attitude there. There's an energy in the city. Um, I can't, I can't describe it to you, but if you're from Detroit, whatever you do, including Bob Seeger, Mitch Ryder, me, MC5, Alice, Iggy, whoever you talk about, hmm. there's a certain strings i'm going to say strings my song strings yep. um that that holds us all together it holds us all together there's a synergy in detroit and it's something in the dna it's an attitude it's an energy it's an edge there it is it's an edge mm. and i think all those people that i just said there's an edge about the music yeah it seems like a good a lot a lot of good rock and roll including the white stripes it continues to come out of detroit yes absolutely and did you know the white stripes cite me as an influence and i just think and i've heard them many times i think they're really good but i don't see what part i influence but that doesn't matter they must have got something from me oh i could see it the the grooves well, in your song yeah i could okay. see it um now going going back to the album you have a few bonus tracks too I were, do. Were those just, how did that come about? I, I, I think that fans just love bonus tracks nowadays because. They do. Yeah. They do. And I wanted to give, um, I, th what I wanted to do on the bonus tracks was give them something really different. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, for Susie Quattro to do something unplugged is unheard of. I mean, plugged is fine. I'm always plugged. I'm always plugged in. So I did two unplugged tracks. One I wrote called um, Heart on the Line, which. I think I wrote my linear notes. I was I was not sobbing, but I was very tearful putting the vocal down because it was a very personal lyric. And rather than stop and pull myself together and redo the vocal, I let it all come out. And if you listen to that, you'll hear it. You'll hear it that it's way down deep, which is so nice to give to the fans. Um, and then I'm a Bob Dylan fanatic. And one of my favorites was always Leopard Skin Pillbox Hat. So mm -hmm. I just went in there with the bass microphone richard on Very acoustic cool. and put it, put it down in one in one go i hear and i like the 60s influence in teach you to fly that's my oh, favorite song got it. 
Good boy, I'm impressed. And because, I love, just because yeah. I'm a sucker for that shuffling rhythm. Yeah, me too. Me uh, too, and I love it. And you got that it was 60s. I, I definitely felt like I was throwing back to that period when I wrote that. Good 60s music. <laughs> and it was some shit too, I agree. Yeah, it is good. And and um, and I think, if you, I don't know if you read all the linear notes and everything, but I had a little bit of a struggle with that song. And it was the first argument, I, not argument, the first head-to-head I had with my son while we were recording. And I had put the middle chorus section in that song into this hippy-trippy, crimson and over type thing. Yes. And uh, without a beat. And my son called me about a day after we recorded. He said, Mom, you know, it was like that. I said, what? He said, uh, that's wrong. I said, what's wrong? He said, it shouldn't break rhythm. And I got a little bit annoyed. I said, who are you to tell me? But <laughs> but you know what? I'm, but saying that, I took it on board. I listened to it again. I said, you are right. <laughs> so I went back and I redid the chorus. Not redid the melody, but redid the way I treated it. And then I was kept singing this this melody line, and I'm thinking, what is this? And I didn't realize it was a horn line I was singing, and I have horns in my band. So I sang it to my sax player, and he said, Susie, it's a horn line. I said, I know. So I booked him for the track, and then everything fell into place. And I love how you're putting out, uh, you know, obviously vinyl is back, which, you know, I love, and a lot of uh, people who, you know, were collectors in the 60s and 70s love that vinyl is back. And you're putting out a yellow... Yellow with black swirl vinyl, which is pretty cool. <laughs> it's great. So we have we have we're we're doing all the formats are available. I'm gonna have a, I think it's gray swirls we're having, so it's good. Yeah, it's good. you know I and go to, I go to go record ahead. shows a lot because you know we're Goldmine magazine uh, about music collectors too, and all right. uh, they tell me your vinyl albums are good sellers at collector record shows, which is a good yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. God, remember the old days when you started going to a shop and flip through the albums? Yes. Oh, my God. Save me from Kindle, please. <laughs> well, I also... I, I, I love technology up to a point, but at the end of the day, I want to turn the page mm-hmm. and, and I want to flip through, through a selection. Well, sometimes just technology... Just like conversation. Just yes. like conversation. I don't want to text somebody. I want to talk <laughs> to somebody. Maybe I'm old school, but I love communication in the true sense of the word. Well, you did have, uh, um, I haven't seen it, but my friend told me about it, who's a collector. The best of Susie Quattro was on Pledge. Yes. He, he was so excited about it. He was a big fan, collector. Right. He said it was a gold right. vinyl and it was signed. Good and, stuff. Uh, he ordered it. How was that whole experience going through Pledge? Was that was that a good it's, experience? It, yeah, Sure. It's fantastic. Um, and, and I love it that the fans, no matter what genre they want to buy it in, they can. Um, you know, the whole point of making your music is to get it out to everybody. Exactly. And hope it's, hope it's heard and understood. And the vibe I'm getting back on this album is that everybody's getting it. Yes. They're getting They're getting it. They're all, they're all picking up the same songs. They're all getting the messages. It's, it's just great. Funny little anecdote. I was in the studio with Richard making... Um, uh, what was the first? So don't, don't do me wrong. That was the first one yeah. that, that we were doing together. And uh, I, I hope I didn't tell you this already. I don't think I did. And we were sitting there in the studio. So the first time I'm in the studio with my son, with the first time we've written something together. So quite unique in its own way, you know. And um, he just went, oh, my God. I said, what? He's sitting across from me playing. What? 
He said, all of a sudden, I'm in the studio with Susie Quattro. And I said, yes, and? <laughs> oh, my, you're not my mom. And I said, no, we're working. And he had to get used to that. Yeah. I, didn't even realize, <laughs> I didn't even realize I changed. I guess I do. I guess you do when you're doing your job. I've got my Susie Quattro face on, sure. Well, you are your household name, and I think the difference between just a, a regular musician and a household name is that you had things that, what you know, people not even into necessarily rock, you know, the mainstream. I'll, I'll take my wife for instance. She knows you right away. Two things: stumbling in, and you were leather Tuscadero. So, <laughs> and they were all at the same time. So there you go. Not everybody joined the Susie Quattro train at the same time, and that's absolutely fine. But that opens you know, the door for people to listen to your music. So it was wonderful. It's great. So, I mean, I've actually got people that knew me in the Pleasure Seekers, yep. Cradle, you know, and yes. then the, the early hits, I've sold 55 million records. And then some people came on board, like your wife stumbling in and then Happy Days and right the way through. So that's fantastic. The more the merrier, the more the merrier. I'm glad that you, you embrace that. Some people don't uh, like when they do other things outside music and... They kind of downplay it, but, uh, you know, I like the fact that uh, I thought it was cool when you were in Happy Days. As a kid, I loved it. And I'm, an I'm an artist, and I like to do everything I can do. I love acting. I love writing songs. I love performing. That's probably my first love. I, I am a published poet, you know. I've been on the radio here since 1999. Um, I'm an artist. I, I'm, I'm a communicator and a creator, and that's what I do. Well, listen, that's I was a kid. And I saw you on Happy Days, and I was like, damn, she's cool. And I, that's how I bought a record, you know. And, and that's right. And, so, and, I, and I think a lot of, you know, I, I, you know, whatever you think, I'm real. That's all you got to worry about is I'm real. Is it true the show's producer, Gary, Mas, uh, Gary Marshall, um, saw a photograph on his daughter's bedroom wall? It was actually Ronnie Helen, his sister, who was the casting director. Oh. And she, she saw my picture Believe this or not, on the cover of Rolling Stone cool. on her on her daughter's wall, she said, "Who's that? That's who we want." Awesome! Isn't that's that great? A, that's a great story. Who'll <laughs> get your heart out? <laughs> I gotta ask you, what was it like being in a a fiction band with Joni Cunningham? <laughs> It's great. You know, I love the show. We're still in yeah. contact. Um, I'm in contact with Ronnie. He gives me quotes for my books and that. And blah, blah, really? blah, blah, blah. And Henry. Yes, we're still in contact. And Ronnie, actually, we talked about it one time. He said, I'm going to have to go in a minute because I've got another one coming in. Okay. He said to, he said to me, because um, I asked him, I said, Ron, t tell me if I'm wrong. Did I ever feel like a new actress coming onto the show? He said, no, Susie, and I can't figure it out myself. He said, you felt like you were part of it from the start. I don't know why that was. He said, I think it's because you're a natural actress. Yes. So, okay. And you Thank never you dated much. Chachi, which was good. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I didn't, no. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you, you're doing a lot of international touring. This would be my last question, because I know we got to wrap it up. But I don't see any U.S. tour. Um, no, I just, I just played Canada. I did yeah. the River Creek Casino and sold it out, 5,000 people. I've now got a handle now on somebody in America who's going to get me back there and play oh, again. Oh, great. And I want to do some gigs in America now. It's on my bucket list. You got, you're going to play a lot of these new songs, right? Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. Do you, do you play Stumbling In still? Oh, sure. 
even if it's a duet, do you just uh, do it yourself? I, I do it. No, I do it with uh, one of the members in the band, which I've done since I recorded it. Wow. It and, works great. Yeah. And to finish it off, I love this one quote that I dug up from you. You said, I'll retire when I go on stage, shake my ass, and there's silence. <laughs> I, stand, I stand by that, and it hasn't happened. <laughs> Well, you took good care of yourself. That's great. I love that, though. I love that comment. Well, all the best to you. This album is Thank really good. Thank you so good. much, Matt. I mean Thank that so much. much. And I'm glad you like the album. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you tour here in the States, okay? Absolutely. Thanks, Susie. Okay. Bye. Uh, thanks to Susie Quattro. That's an interview with Susie. Pick up her new album, No Control, on SPV. It'll be out March 29th. And readers, please go to goldmymag.com and check out all the exclusive content there. And also check out where you can subscribe for 68% off. It's worth it. Have it right to your door every month, the print edition. And also you could go to Barnes & Noble and Books A Million to pick up the latest edition too. Okay, we'll talk to you next time. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.